0: You're listening to the Amazing Women Podcast, where we enjoy meaningful conversations with extraordinary women. These highly successful entrepreneurs will share their stories of remarkable success and occasionally some spectacular failures. Come join your host, entrepreneur and best selling author Rob Kopman, as he shares this hour with you and these fascinating women.
1: Today we have a very special guest. Being that it's Valentine's Day this coming weekend, I have Renee Piani on. Renee is the love designer and she is a matchmaker. Her mission is to inspire you to slow down and get real with your heart to attract extraordinary love. She says with an open heart, anything is possible. So Renee is not only a great matchmaker, she's also a very good businesswoman. She's been on TV. She's been somewhat of a celebrity. She's a public speaker and she's helped thousands of people find true love or reinvent their lives after a heartbreak. Divorce or separation. I'm thrilled to have Renee on as a guest of my show today. So, the Amazing Women Podcast now presents Renee Piani, the love designer. Well, hi, Renee. You're known as the love designer, aren't you? And yes, you've been I doing am. this for how long now?
0: Well, my life has been dedicated to helping people that are going through all different phases of relationships. So, I've been doing this since 1992. So, how many years is that? That's a lot of years. <laughs> 20, um, 18, almost 32 years. years. And it, it all actually started as an accident. <laughs> so, I'll have to give you the, the okay. whole story. It was really exciting.
1: Wow. So, so what, what do you spend most of your energy on helping people have a relationship, or do you spend it on matching people up, or are they really one of the same?
0: Well, I think, you know, people hire matchmakers, you know, a lot um, in the world. I think I'm a natural matchmaker um, and I always have been. And what happened with me, I, I did something that was unique. I was the very first person back in 2000 to start rapid dating, which gave people the opportunity to meet like 15 to 25 people in one night for a five minute date and there was a cocktail mixer and there would be all different age groups. And, um, but before that I had already started coaching. So it was kind of happened by accident. I was an image makeover specialist and a wedding planner. And I worked in Wilmington, Delaware with my Italian family. And I had a natural ability to take people and make them feel good with the assets that they had, men and women. And I would fix them up and dress them and take photos of them at the salon and work with them when they got married. And I used to say to my dad, I don't think these people are really a match, you know? <laughs> and I was reading books back then, but the back in you know the late 80s, when I moved to Los Angeles, there really wasn't a lot of people doing. There was only one big matchmaker in L.A. who I just her name was Deborah Winkler, and she was a really big matchmaker. And then there was a Jewish matchmaker. And they used to call me to do the image part of their business. So, but then I naturally had, I didn't know that many people when I moved here. So I decided to throw cocktail mixers called Love Works. And I would give money to charities because my father was a very big philanthropic man. So I figured if people came together for a cause, then it would make them feel like it wasn't really a singles event, right? because and now you told me that you had a Jewish singles thing in yeah Arizona. I had a big Jewish
1: singles group that I ran. Sure.
0: And you know, it's a passion. and because I grew up in a catering family with three restaurants, we were always bringing people together. So I am a natural connector. And when people came to my event, I would not only match them for love but for business. So um, right now I teach flirting with life and networking classes because really, People right now, especially during COVID, they're lonely, and it's up to you to really know yourself and to be able to go out into the world with a positive attitude about what you want and openness. And I think when people get hurt, they have constricted hearts. So how I ended up getting into this was kind of by accident. I got asked um, back in 1992 to teach image makeovers in a class called How to Pick Up Girls at the Learning Annex. Now, I don't know if you know what that was. Do you remember the Learning Annex?
1: Yeah. Well, I do, but I don't know how many of my listeners know that.
0: Well, there it happened in New York and it happened in California. And if you had a book or you were famous, so there was all these famous authors in the book and the Learning Annex magazine, and they would have these really cool classes and you could get to meet movie stars or people that were authors and talk to them and get advice about Know finance or whatever. And this guy wrote a book on called how to pick up women.
1: There's been several of those over the years. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, you know, how to pick up chicks or whatever. So he asked me to do an image part for 15 minutes. And there was all these men in there. And there were doctors and divorcees and nerdy guys and engineers and shy people and happy people. There must have been 45 guys in there. So I got there and I said, How many of you have ever really learned about love? Where did you learn? And none of them raised
1: their hand. Yeah, well, let me ask you something here, because when I think of a book or a person or class, whatever, on how to pick up women, I don't. the first thing that comes to mind is not love, it's sex. So, I mean, I've known lots of guys in college, especially, I remember back then, well, back now, but they'd go out to the bars on Friday and Saturday nights and try to pick up a girl and bring them home, and they weren't looking for love. I mean, love happened, that's great, but that's not what they're looking for. Right. So to ask that question, were they really looking for love or were they looking to pick women up for sexual pleasure?
0: Well, when you when you know, when you have a title of something, right, it attracts men to it, like how to learn the art of picking up women or whatever. But I was there talking about how women look at them and how we have an idea that they've had this prince training. So I asked any of them, have you ever had training about how to have a healthy relationship? Oh, okay. None of, them None of them raised their hand. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the guy that was teaching the class, the men were raising their hand, you know, and they're all asking me questions. And the guy's like, All right, sit down, sit down. He didn't want me to talk anymore. So at the end, I said, Well, if anybody wants to talk to me about any questions you have about women or want to get a makeover, come and see me. So at the end I had 45 guides, you know, and I got their numbers. There was no internet. There was, there was an answering service. I gave them my number and they said, could you be my coach privately and like take me shopping? So I took them shopping. Now, back then there was only personal ads, right? Right. And there was video dating back then. So I would help them dress. I would take pictures. I'd help them write their personal ad in the LA magazine and then other men would call me from out of the country. So the magazine Learning Annex, I came back again. And it was popular. I guess I I sp- sparked some interest. And the Learning Annex asked me to come and teach a class,
1: uh-huh. another you, class. You had a business, though, in, in an hour. You had the beginnings of a business, right?
0: I knew it the night I went there. It sparked ladies out there, all these amazing women, right? So I felt like I was a pretty amazing woman, but I was frustrated that guys didn't have this learning. I call it Prince training. So I said, I'm going to be your Prince trainer and give you all the secrets into the way women think so that you can learn how, what we're looking for. And then you're going to have the edge over guys that are pickup artists, right? So that you can have real love.
1: Yeah, it's a valuable and, service.
0: That's how it began.
1: That's I how remember began. there was that book, Women from, was it Men from Mars, Women from Venus? And it, it tried to explain that, but you can only get so much out of a book. You were taking them by the hand, literally, and teaching them what to do, showing them what to do, how to, pick out the wardrobe even right and no, so uh,
0: this was the book that i wrote back then and it's still pertinent now and it's called the power tools to build successful relationships with women so when i was writing it there was a guy that i met on the stairs doing exercise and he said i need help i'm in the middle of a divorce so i am now still the same person i was then i was reinventing people and giving them all the tools that they needed to win in the game of love right so w- women So when you met your wife, I mean, you're a handsome guy. Maybe you had yourself put together. But a lot of guys think, oh, once I meet a woman, she's going to put me back together. I said, well, how about if you get together first, you know, get your bachelor lair ready. So if a woman says, well, you know, can I see your place? Because where you live, who you are around, how you walk the things that come out of your mouth when somebody says, so why haven't you been married? Right. Right. So, you know, guys would get all tongue tied and they didn't know how to answer certain questions. So I literally gave them all the tools that they needed to prepare for love, not only for the way they look, but the things they say, the, what they're thinking, their negative and positive sides, their vibes, So it's really been a journey, and that turned into TV. I got a television offer to interview men across the country, and then that turned into me then going into putting people together at Rapid Dating in 2000. So it was like this really big growth period, and there was no internet. So there wasn't Instagram. There wasn't Facebook. It was all done by flyers and PR. So the way that I made my name was I did my own PR back then.
1: Yeah, that's the difference between you and everybody else. So here's the question I have. I mean, what you're talking about, teaching people how to have a relationship, how to find love, how to present yourself. I mean, it's, a lot of it's just basic sales and marketing, right? But yeah. there's more to it. Well, it's it's a, it's a skill that everybody needs, and it's a skill that every human being has needed for Thousands of years. It's not a new thing, right? Although matchmaking is not new either. A lot of cultures still do arranged marriages and they do matchmaking. And you talk about me being Jewish. Well, you know, it's the famous fiddler on the roof, right?
0: Oh, (laughs) matchmaker. Matchmaker, matchmaker, right?
1: So here's my question really. It seems rather odd. There's so many books on business, how to sell, how to market, how to have employees, excuse me, all kinds of things. There's manuals, how to fix cars. There's all this information out there, right? And yet, the, the one thing we all really need for happiness, there's not a lot of training on it. Why isn't there a plethora of things out there to teach people how to do this? It's such an important. Well, space.
0: there actually are. It's just that men, you got to understand the women are upset because they want the men to know these things. So um, that's why I wrote this. And when men read it, they're like, wow, this really would have saved me a lot of time, probably even my marriage if I had read this. But this book really takes it to the the new level, because when you really think about people, um, you're basically being wired from your culture. So when I was running the speed dating events, I got to work with people in their 20s, 30s, 40s and 50s, Persians, Jews, italians all different chinese japanese all different cultures and when i would interview people it was different how indians you know they get fixed up and matched you know the 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 armenians they put people together and sometimes they're not in love they only put them together because of money you know mm-hmm. so there was a lot of people that educated me through being in that realm with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people coming through my events and they would say i just can't find it So I had a deeper look, plus I learned psychology and communications and body language skills. So people need to learn these skills. And so my show that I had on cable was called Love Works, and I would interview all these experts. There are great books online. There's a lot of coaches that do what I do, but I've been doing it now for over 30 years. And I feel like um, the get real about love makes you look at the phases. you got to realize everyone's in a phase of love. They're either breaking up, they're opening their heart, they, they they don't know where to go or they're confused if they've been married for a really long time. So when people are reinventing, the reason I called this book Get Real About Love is to get real love, you need to do an inside look at who you are now in your life. So you, when you told me your wonderful sure. love story, which I'm going to interview him about, you know, he was kind of ready for love and he met his wife and he felt a magical Feeling. Yes, I was ready
1: for
0: it. You know, you were ready, you know, but some people, if you have a heartbreak or a disappointment because you may have rushed into love. Right. So many busy executives I work with mainly with really busy people and they call me and they're like, "Okay, I know, you know, thousands of people I want to order. I want a woman. That's this, 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 this. Well, they're this. not ordering a pizza,
1: but they think it yeah,
0: is. Yeah, I said, like she's that. not a sandwich, you know? Yeah, like, right. I don't want avocado, but I want mustard and no mayo, right? An extra said, pickles. You, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I said, so I worked with matchmakers doing the image part and the coaching part, and many would come and pay 10 grand and say, you find me my perfect person. But when I did investigation of their heart, many of them didn't always have an openness. Mm -hmm. So without the openness, without the heart being totally open and clarity about your vision. So that's what I take people through to look at how your mother and father, if you grew up in a divorced family, half of the world is divorced. So if you saw your mom go through pain or your dad cheat or your mother have a bunch of boyfriends or whatever, People are wired in their minds unconsciously when they're little kids. And if they don't have good role modeling, they may keep doing the same pattern through different generations. Yeah, they do. Not may,
1: they do. Yeah. I have a question for you. Uh, You say that you've interviewed, met, studied thousands of people, lots of matches, all different cultures. Are people in general, when it comes to love, are they more the same than different or is there are there big differences between people?
0: I think that it all depends on how they saw love as they grew up. If, if men, especially women, all the amazing women that are out there, they think that men are holding back, like they're they're mad. They, I mean, the women used to say, "There's no strong men. They can't deal with me." You know. And I know you work with a lot of powerful women, these amazing women, right? Yeah, We're all looking women. for that partner like you have with your wife like i have with my husband but i realized and i'm going to say this to these amazing women and other people that are listening sometimes when you're so busy you're not really reflecting on how you come across to men because men want a partner not somebody that's going to be working 24 hours a day and oh speak of Excuse speaking of um, <laughs> husbands here's Hello. my husband say hi joe
1: Hello hello. hello.
0: hello. What is your name? No, get Rob. down. Oh. This is my husband and my dog.
1: Oh, you're a cute dog. And
0: this is Rob. Yeah. Hello,
1: Rob. And, bad and looking he either.
0: does amazing women's <laughs> interviews. And as an amazing woman, I did find an amazing partner. And we're both worker bees, but we get along. You know, we are we're in yes. sync with each other. And I'm just saying, you know, life well, is good. Life is good. Life is good. So, yeah. Okay.
1: Very, very all lucky right. man.
0: Well, I'm yeah. glad you popped in. Well, yeah. I,
1: I was going to take the dog for a walk
0: before he barks. Bye okay. buddy. I'll Bye Talk to you later. Nice to meet you now. See, Same he knows. Yeah. He knows adorable. Yeah. when I'm doing radio. My, you know, I did a show the other day and my, my dog was hungry. So he was barking and I'm like, oh my God.
1: It's not good. Right. So I
0: said to him, come get the dog. But anyway, the whole point is, is that we all want to feel that sacred connection. We all want to have that feeling of trust. We all want to have that bond with somebody that has our back, right? That's what I've always wanted. But because I was a workaholic and I was flying here and flying there and going here and speaking there, men wanted me to be around. You know, They wanted to see that I had time to be there for them to have weekends and stuff. And when I was a workaholic building my business, I kept saying, and this is kind of cool. It's called the once I syndrome hmm. and many women and men that are successful entrepreneurs, they always say, well, once my book's done, once I get 20 radio shows in my podcast, never maybe happens. if I, you know, my apartment gets painted, then I'm going to meet somebody. And then COVID came and now people are like, Oh my God, I've had this list of all these things that I want. And I haven't been even putting myself out there. And now they're home alone. Right. So it's an evaluation of your heart and your wiring in your mind about love.
1: Yeah. You know, people say, yeah, well, when I retire, I will go traveling. I will play golf. I'll do this, the same mentality. And, and it doesn't either. It doesn't happen. Sometimes it does, but lots of times, especially men, when they retire, they just, they die. (laughs) They stop working and they just pass away, which is unfortunate, or they can't do what they used to do. I know me personally, And I get this from my mother, actually. Thanks, mom. She said, go travel. Do what you want to do. Do it while you're young and have energy and strong and no responsibilities. And go travel when you're at an age that you can really see the world and not be tired at two o'clock in the afternoon. And I took that (laughs) to heart. And I, I went all over the world. And even when I got married, my wife and I, we went several places around Europe, but we were in our 30s. Now it's a little more difficult, but I will pat myself on the back for something I did. You'll like this.
0: I would love the to hear best, it.
1: The absolute best thing I have done in my entire life, I took my mother my mother, to Paris for a week, just the two of us. Oh, oh man, that's a memory that she's going to have till the day she goes. I have it too. We had a wonderful time. I got an apartment just down the block from the Eiffel Tower. And we yeah. went everywhere, and then a year later, she got emphysema, oh. and now she could she can't walk two blocks. Oh. So we went when she was still younger and healthy and able to. I dragged her everywhere, and it was great. And, and I remember when I went to visit her; she was living in Florida at the time. And I get into the elevator of this apartment building, and one of her friends is in the elevator, and she says, "Oh, this meet my son Robert." And the woman says, oh, are you the son who took your mother to Paris? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I was
0: bad. I'm telling you that what you're saying is, is something that I've been talking about a lot lately because my husband and I, over the last three years, we lost three of our parents. My mother's death brought me back east and I ended up meeting my husband due to me being slowed down by the death of my mother. And then we, uh, my dad ended up coming to visit me and he ended up staying for five months because he had lung clots. Now that was sort of like your mother's thing where he got to see my life for the first time, uh, not on the East Coast, but out in in California. And we brought him back to health and we traveled. I said, daddy, if you're going to be sick, you've wasted so much time being sad over mom. Let's have some fun. So I took them everywhere and we had so much fun and I would never. And so when people say, I just don't have time to go see my parents, I just don't have now with COVID people are freaking out that they can't go to see their grandparents or their parents. It's a time of bonding that you can use in your life right now. And I've been talking about this a lot it's sacred time. Like, let's go deep, go call your parents, get the interviews, the, the questions that you wanted to ask them. So when my dad was there, I have interviews with him about us growing up each, each mm. of his kids. And when he died, I gave all my brothers and sisters, these interviews. So oh, they, they must they have loved hear that. It. So your mother. Yeah, and we have you, zoom now,
1: so you can record it all very easily.
0: Oh my God. It's so special what people can do now. And, The love isn't just about love, romantic love in my life. It's more about giving love deeply now to your friends, the sacred people in your life, because we can't see everyone, you know, and you're in the business of sharing wisdom from a lot of women. I'm in the business of sharing tips on the busyness of our lives now has been amplified by us being home. And we get to see, my God, I didn't even really know. A lot of couples call me, they go, I didn't even know my wife. (laughs) <laughs> I haven't really been, I don't even really know my kids because I would come home, have dinner, watch TV, pat them on the head and they go to bed. Yeah, you don't see the real so person. People are getting closer. Relationships are becoming more sacred. And the people that are single are realizing that the hectic pace of our frenetic lives in America, anyway, people around the world think we are nuts.
1: Well, We are. You,
0: we have to take time for these special moments, like what you're talking about with your mom. That is so sweet.
1: That is Yeah, sweet. and, and uh, just in case anybody was curious, because I know people have asked me this before, too. Yes, I asked my wife first for permission. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I said, do you mind if I take my mother to Paris? I really would like to do that. And she said, well, we've already been to Paris twice. I don't care. Go ahead. Be great. That's a wonderful idea. Go do it. And then when we came back, she says, did you have a good time? Yeah, well, you know, when I after you left, I thought, I should have went with you. <laughs>
0: Really, that would have been, you fun. know, she turned you know down a the trip special, to Paris, <laughs> that special bond with my dad, like when he was there, I was writing get real about love, you know, and because he'd say you're a workaholic like me. So we read the book, and he realized that some of his imprints were mine, you know, yeah, teaching true. me to be a philanthropic person, you know, giving back in the community. And he said, you know, your life is so I took him to all my I took him to a you're not going to believe this. I took him to a rapid dating for um, older women with younger men, and it—he was sitting in a wheelchair watching all these young women. And, and then I took him—I took him to um, oh god—I took him everywhere. I took him to a couple television shows that I was on. And I took him to see the Jersey boys and he was in a wheelchair. I said, listen, you're sick and you're saying you're going to die. I'm going to make you have the best time of your life while you're here. And then he got well because he was having so much fun. You know, he got, he yeah. was having so much fun <laughs> and he lived story. another 10 years. Wow. He that's lived really another nice. 10 years. Yeah. I, I, so I gotta... love, You know, getting real yeah, about love yeah. is as the holidays come, if people are listening to this, you have the time to call your mom and dad, ask them how they met. Find out their little secrets in the family because there's secrets weave. So I started asking my cousins and my about my mom and my dad and what they saw. And I got so many amazing stories from different people that I don't really hardly know because I moved away.
1: That's good advice. And,
0: yeah, and, and it's really cool. So this Christmas your gift is let's have a gift of time together. And and Zoom has really brought families together. It really and, yeah. has.
1: And Zoom is so much zoom is so much better than uh facetime on a phone i talk to my mother on facetime and all i see is her up her nose you know <laughs> it's not a user <laughs> but on zoom the person sitting in a chair usually you see them it's a really good interaction i yes. i i really like it uh i think people should take advantage of that while, while it's here you now, you say you were a workaholic right were you really a workaholic or did you just really were you just doing what you really wanted to do and what you enjoyed
0: Well, I I think that, you know, when I was running rapid dating, it was happening in like seven cities. So I was running events and, you know, I, I would fly in, do the media, train the people to be passionate about putting people together. And I found all these people that wanted to put people together. It was so fun. And, but then I was teaching and then I had privates and I was trying to build, you know, you had to pay the bills So when men met me, it was like, catch me if you can. So the entrepreneurial people that are building their businesses now or have a business, you have to make love part of your schedule. So people always say, well, I'm going to get my book done. And then I'm going to, I could take, it took me four years to write my book. It was really hard because I was working a lot. So if you have a goal, put love in the mix of it, right? And then look, at how you're marketing and branding yourself online. And I help people rewrite their profiles because the busy women, write, I am a successful entrepreneur, busy woman, <laughs> and I'm looking for the perfect man who can deal with my busy schedule. She doesn't look or appear like she has time for love. You know, right, who
1: wants to date somebody like that?
0: Nobody, nobody, but nobody. When I went and, and in my book, I make you go through an evaluation of your patterns in love. So I went and interviewed men or I would run in, it was so magical. I wrote down all these different men that I dated and then I would run into them or I'd call them and I'd say, you know, I'm doing a book and I wanna ask you a question. What was it like to date me when you did? And they said, you were wonderful but you just didn't make me a priority. And I realized that I wasn't really being uh, a real partner. So I had to look at my own fears and some of it had to do with men being unfaithful in my, in my past, in my family lineage through uncles and grandfathers. So I went and investigated the women that I heard don't trust men. And I unwound that. And I started to realize if I had that belief then I'm always going to have men at a distance.
1: So it sounds like that wasn't so much a choice for you as a, as a, was a defense mechanism, right?
0: Yes. It was, it was something. It's a choice, right?
1: Yeah. Some people though, they choose that. They go, you know, I like my work. I want to make my business successful. I don't really care about love right now. I'll I'll deal with that later. Right now I want to do this. And if they're being honest with themselves and they really want to do this, then there's nothing wrong with that. Right. It's only the no, people there's, there's say, no
0: judgment, but I knew at the end of my day, I'd go on and I was on NBC on the Dick Clark show and I'd be so excited. And I was dating somebody and i called and say, do you think you can meet me for a drink if I'm busy right now? So I was dating busy people. I was dating myself and I thought, God, there's nobody to share the happiness with, you know? And that's when I switched and I decided, wow, if I can create this, why don't I use the same energy and put some of it into, wow, let me find a guy that could share this with me. And it became my mission. So I'm inviting anyone out there. If you're building your business, if you're on the path, there's so many people that you could meet that you could do it together like you and your wife did, like me and my husband did. So when I met my husband, he lost his job. (laughs) He lived 3000 miles away. I'm thinking, well, this isn't exactly the dream vision of what I want, but we built we started doing flipping properties and we did real estate together and we, we had a little dumpy place that we lived in and we were buying properties and we built our life together and it was so much more fun and people actually started to believe in me because I created what they all wanted. Like, yeah, it
1: doesn't really matter what you do together as long as you do it together. I mean, yeah, people make it, fun of me because they say, what do you like to do with your wife? What's, your, what's one of your favorite activities? And I say, I like to go grocery shopping. <laughs> yeah because we just it's really a mundane thing right but we get to make decisions on whatever we're picking up Do you want to do this Do you want to make this how's this Should we make it this way and it's an interaction it's really okay. not a big thing i'm not making real estate deals but it's still interaction between the two of us and it really is one of my favorite things to do so and maybe the fact that it's so mundane is what makes it so special i don't know but uh
0: I mean, a lot of people rush into a relationship because they're lonely, and sometimes they marry that person, and then they call me and say, "I think I made a big mistake."
1: Oh, they probably. But it's
0: because they were so focused on the business part. So when I speak at conferences, I talk about the art of balancing love, life, family, and business. Because what is all this success for without somebody to go and share it with? And I know you have girlfriends and men friends or whatever but i i finally said one day i'm going to get married and i because everybody said you're never going to get married you work all the time and my family told me that now christmas time normally people would be going home and if you're single that is the time that you get most irritated at your family right sure. so they would say to me my you know i come from a really old school like moonstruck guido italian family with 50 <laughs> yeah, people I with the long that. table all my brothers and sisters are married and then i'd come home and they'd say my grandmother would go you didn't have a boyfriend again this year like it's like the jewish grandmoms what's yeah, yeah. the matter with you right the sisters all my aunts oh she's one of those She dates those playboys and blah, blah, blah. So that year I had had it. I said, do you realize how many people I've put together? Thousands of people with their soulmates. This is what I do for a living. And I said, and I know that God, the man upstairs has somebody special for me. But the reason I don't bring guys that I'm dating home is because of this interrogation. And I said, so I want you, so I invite anybody to do this. This year, if you're visiting or that you call and they give you, what do they call it um, in Jewish? The mishugana They make you feel pissed off. You know, you yeah, the, sugar,
1: I mean, it's crazy, but close enough. Yeah, crazy and, yeah. making. They make yeah. you feel crazy. Make you crazy. So I
0: said to my family that night, I got a glass, a beautiful old Italian wine glass. And I said, everybody, I want to propose a toast to my future husband. And everybody looked at mm-hmm. me and I said, because I asked God to send me somebody special. I'm ready to meet someone. And I put in my order. I know what I want. <laughs> but the first thing I asked for was for them to be able to deal with you because you're a handful, all of you. You interrogate men when they come here. My father used to interrogate anyone that came. You like my daughter? Do you think you're serious? I'm like, dad, you can't scare these men away. So I said, "I, I want you to believe in love for me because you're the people that love me the most. And I pay $500 to fly here, bring all your children gifts. And you bother me that I haven't found somebody. That doesn't make me feel supported support me in my vision. And they, so were they all, say, okay, well, well, that year was that Christmas was the year it was 2002, the 2001, my mother died that May. And I had said that to everyone. And my brothers, I said, all of you make me feel like there's something wrong with me. There is nothing wrong with me. I just have a certain type of man that has to be able to deal with my work, that loves people, that's a community man. And I said, and I'm praying to God to bring me that. And I know I'm going to find him and you're going to love him. And I'm going to walk him into this house one day. Well it turns out I met my husband Joe in May or in August of that year. And then the when I brought him there the first time to meet my family, my brother knew him and he started to cry and he said, There couldn't be a better match for you than Joe Campanella. Oh, how nice. And he came from a big family. He was feeding the homeless for the Salvation Army and ran the Salvation Army feeding program for 17 years. And when I walked him in, he fit right into the big, loud, like Jewish families are yeah. like that. They're very so they loud them and, they, right away. and they kiss and everybody eats. And, you know, a lot of guys would be like, your family's too much for me. So know thyself, know what, how you want your family, like your lifestyle and this person's lifestyle don't have to be exact, but you have to have respect for each other's work and then support each other. And it's magic. It's like magic, you know, and um, it's just, I teach people how to have sacred love really. And if anybody's there listening to this, I would advise you if you are single or going through a breakup, read this because it's called get real about love. This is you being honest with you about how you come across to men or men, how you might come across to women. And when people read it, they're like, oh, my God, this is like a therapy book, <laughs> you know, making me look at my patterns.
1: Read, read me a sample paragraph.
0: All right. Let me just open it.
1: You can even pick one at random. I don't care. Just uh, nice. give us a little taste.
0: All right. Let me talk about this. Is These are called the single love phases. So I think that this is probably here it is. This is, oh, my God, I can't believe it. You work too much, you're on the go business woman or man working around the clock. You have a commitment to your work and you have a lot to watch over. You may find it challenging to get out and meet new people or date because your energy is focused on work, work, work. Usually when highly powerful and intelligent people desire to relax and play, they seek an understanding non-demanding partner who appreciates their work. The problem is when you're goal-focused life clashes with the needs of people that you date or people that you're married to. And then this says, you know um, you have to the room, like it's if you and your partner or you are out always on the phone, always taking meetings, you're really not available. So no, you have to look if you are uh, in these phases. So I, I take people through a process, look at the phase you're in right now because everybody is either, they're dating, they're looking, they're sort of dating somebody, but they're still on the, they have other people that they keep on the back burner. Mm-hmm. They have a temp, a lot of men and women that are busy. They have somebody that they sleep with, but they, 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 they call me, and they go, I have this girl or I have this guy and he's really cool, but I know I'm never going to marry him. Three years will go by and you got this guy still dating you <laughs> and you don't have a doorway open for real love
1: so all right you know what you said reminds me of something else uh talk about being present in a relationship right you should be available and it's okay to work a 15 hours a day as long as you give your the love of your life some good quality time people don't have to have four hours every day they just want to know when you're together you're really there you're not thinking about something else right now here's my question and this is a a more modern question, if you will. Yeah. Uh, the, especially the younger people these days, right? Everybody's addicted to their phones. I see right. people sitting in, a, I see especially kids sitting around in a circle in a restaurant, well, not so much lately, but normally, you know, or outside yeah. and uh, they're all together and they're, they're all on the phone. They're not even look, looking at each other. They're not talking to each other. Sometimes they're playing games with each other on the phone. So they are interacting, but I don't know what they're doing actually, you know? Um, what What about that? To me, it seems like none of these people are being present. I see people out on dates and they're having dinner or whatever they're doing, and they're looking at their phone instead of trying to have a conversation with the person sitting across the table from them. How do you deal with that?
0: Well, in my life, even when we're out with friends, we all have an agreement. We always say, anybody got anything to check on your phone, check it first. And then turn off your phone and be fully present. So when my husband and I are out, unless there's something really important, a meeting or because he's a a very high powered executive and sometimes he might be doing something. So he'll let me know in advance. He's like, I'll take I need to take this call. But we have parameters. And when I was single and I made a commitment to myself that I was going to find love. I carved out certain hours to go out on match.com dates. I used to go out on three dates in one day (laughs) and then the other days I would work. And then I would, um, and friends, I make date. You have to have a sort of your love in your schedule, right? Put, put love into your schedule. And that goes for married and singles. Now the younger teens, I did a TEDx about it. You should look up my name, Renee Piani, um, TEDx or, um, youth, TEDx youth, and you'll find me, or maybe I can give you the link. And it was all about the children. The teenagers today have no role models of love because everything that they're doing is on their phones and their parents do not even have any idea what they're doing because they're not up on all the apps that these teens are dating they're sexting, they're texting. That's like a whole other world. Yeah. So I've been doing talks at colleges and um, high school, you know, the, the you know, juniors and seniors in high school. I go and speak to them about learning rapport building skills. They don't learn that from anywhere, but the parents sometimes are the models for that. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if you're a parent of kids and you're always working and you're always on the phone They learned it from somewhere or they learn it from their kids in school. And you're not cool if you're not Instagramming or you're not. Now they do all sorts of different. I mean, they're doing TikTok, They're doing so many things. So their whole lives revolve around their phone and it is, it's terrible. They do not know how to talk to each other, especially the boys. The girls are a little Hmm. bit more communicative. So if somebody doesn't take a role in this and I'm, That's one of my programs that I'm going to start in the new year is teen coaching because the parents I meet parents and they're like, I don't know what to do with my daughter. I said, I'm going to start a class for teens, um, the girls and the boys separate and then together to help them to meet each other and learn how to build a rapport and flirt. They do everything over their phones, but a lot of it's role modeling. A lot of it's role modeling.
1: Well, most kids learn from example, you could try, you could talk to your kids to you. Blue in the face, you know, and tell them all kinds of things, give them advice, what have you. But they don't learn from that. They learn from watching what you do and subconsciously emulating you, right? It's all yeah. about role models. So I get that. Now, if your parent the parents are on the phone all day long, that's the what chance do they have? I don't know. But most of the parents, these are the older ones, they're not on the phone constantly, but their kids still are because their friends are their role models, right? right. And they want to be Fit in they want to look cool, they want whatever it is they do. I don't know. Um it seems so pervasive. It's and it's it's not it's getting worse. I, I like, think every year goes by too. it seems like they're more addicted and more and more addicted to their phones. And I know that there are brilliant people in parts of the world, inventing apps and programs, and they purposely make the apps and the games addictive. They set out right to up. do that because the longer you're engaged, the more money they make, and it's all about money, right? Well, so how do you fight 5G,
0: that? Well, 5G, 5G just came out. They're saying that more people are on their phones and the electromagnetic magnetic frequency from the phones are really actually damaging to your energy field. You know, it, it wears you out. So when people sleep with their phone, like I do not, my husband and I do not bring a phone near or any Mm -hmm. computers, any technology after a certain amount of time, we have a cutoff point unless there's something really important. So that's how we deal with it. And even with his son or any kids that are around us, I have nine nephews. We take them on vacation, our whole family on vacation every year to keep the family united. And we always say to the kids, no phones during dinner. You can go do what you want later. But if you're here with us and we're having dinner, put away your phone. That's it. No more phones. So we we are trying to be role models of that ourselves with our son. You know, my husband has a son who's my stepson who I love very much. And he's really, he is really cool about cutting off his phone. So I'm really grateful about that but it's up to the parents to then ask in a nice way. But the parents are like, get off your phone, get off your phone. You know, (laughs) you got to have say, listen for dinner, please don't bring the phone. You know, if you're watching TV, you know, it's so annoying when you're trying to watch a movie and you see all the lights coming from all the phones and everybody's texting. It's like, go, if you're going to go do that, go in the other room and do that, you know, go in the other room and do that. So I have these rules within my life so that, when I'm to dinner with friends, or we all turn off our phones, and we're fully engaged with each other.
1: You get a a much better experience that way, don't you? Yeah, because I'm sure there there are younger people listening or watching this, and they're going, Oh, they're old, you know, what do they know? I'm not going to do that. But the reality of it is, yeah, we're older, but you, you will get a better experience if you do turn off your phone. It's not just our opinion it's you've, you've seen it right you don't but get good interaction you're missing three quarters friends. of the conversation if you're doing it on texting all yeah. right there's so much communication is non-verbal so well, it's
0: all about getting numbers on the instagram and twitter likes and, and all that TikTok, right? and so they're being wired that way and now with the the internet being faster and quicker it's only going to get worse unless somebody guides them out of it and It is a big deal. That's like a whole other show. I did, you know, these, these kids, when I did, I did a thing at USC, it was a hundred kids. I said, how many of you have ever learned anything about love, dating and sex from your parents? Not one kid raised their hand. Oh, that's awful. And then I said, how many of you know the other people in this room that are in your classroom? And they all looked around Mm -hmm. and hardly any of them knew each other. So I made them all get up, wow. turn around like all the rows, turn facing each other. And I said, I want you to introduce yourself to the three people that are on either side of you for the next 10 minutes. That was the first time that they ever met people in their class.
1: That's amazing. Amazingly horrible, actually. So how many has here's a, here's a question? How many likes are equivalent to somebody who sincerely says, I love you?
0: How many likes? What do you mean? These people
1: live for likes. They 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 take pictures. They and they wait till somebody likes it. They go, look, I got four hundred likes on my lunch or whatever it is, and then they look for all this, uh, you know, not gratification. It's just you notice them. No, you know, it's, all it's validation. Validation. Thank good. you. That's the okay, word, right? So, so that's what they live for. I think there is
0: any number that could. It it depends on the insecurity or the security of that person. But because that's how the world is wired, saying the more likes you get, the more popular you are, and there's shows about it, it's really sad. So I just, I, you know, I'm older too. I, you know, and people go, well, you know, I get on these shows and they're like, well, you only have, you know, blah, blah,
1: blah, blah." Yeah, but my, my point is this, if you're living for likes or living for whatever that validation is, it makes you feel good every time you see that. But compare that to somebody looking you in the eyes and say, I really love you. It, there's no comparison. And, and so if you just put your phone down for a few minutes and engage and get a relationship with somebody, it's so much more fulfilling and so much more fun than just getting likes all day long. I think they need to well, that's
0: it. why I like to teach flirting with people so that people can look at each other. Right now, everybody's masks. So the only thing you yeah, have is your eyes now. and your voice, right? So I practice this every time I go out. I always wear a cool mask. And I talk to strangers, people are so afraid to talk to each other now. Um, And I think it's very, very lonely for single people right now. But you can use online dating, you can use um, flirting, my flirting classes, I did a flirting class for a group of 12 people, a man hired me to teach this group, they were all business people, and they wanted to love. And half of them used my flirting techniques in one week. And five of the 10 met somebody that they are now currently dating, including the president (laughs) of the company. (laughs) So I just put that up on my Facebook and Instagram. Flirting is the way to go and flirting. You cannot do, you can do it on a phone. I actually have flirting coupons that I um, (laughs) give out sometimes and say, I think you're handsome or I think you're attractive. Let's connect. If you, if you are, you got to learn how to build rapport with people. That's why I met you on LinkedIn I think LinkedIn for business is a great place to meet people. Um, And, you know, I I can't say romances have come out of for me because I'm married, but I know a lot of guys have written to me and saying, are you single? I think you're cool, you know. (laughs) So, um, you know, you have to have an openness and you have to have a vision for what you're looking for. And all of it, you know, I always say if you're a busy Wonder Woman or man, you should pick up this book to make yourself create a vision and to be able to talk to people when they say, so are you married? The holidays bring up loneliness. So you can say, you know, I have decided that I am now gonna make love a part of my everyday life. And I'm gonna, when I'm out, and you need to take breaks each day, no matter if you're in the hood, if you have to go shopping, you have to pick up supplies. So when you're going out, just say to people, how are you doing during this crazy time? I have met some of the nicest people in line at Trader Joe's and Ralph's and Target when you're waiting. And, and you can, you can create love by going back in time and friends that maybe a guy or one woman, this is the best story. One woman um, called me and I also do tarot card readings and
1: I'm (laughs) very intuitive. And
0: I I said to her, you're going to meet a guy. She goes, can you do cards for me? I said, looks like you're going to meet somebody that you already know. Turns out she went to her high school reunion right before we got shut down, and a guy from eighth grade had a crush on her, and his wife had passed a few years ago, and he had been thinking about the next reunion that he was going to see if she was single, and now they're dating. Mm -hmm. So you never know where you're going to meet someone, and my book is about getting real with yourself. Is Your Heart Open to Love?, So whenever anybody buys the book, it comes with, uh, it comes with vows. And I always ask everybody to buy a heart that represents their heart so that you can be gentle with yourself. Because I think when people are single and they're lonely and they've had some disappointments over and over, I always say that disappointment is that person was not appointed for you. So if somebody left your life and you feel sad about it, just know that if they didn't choose you or it didn't work out, that they were not appointed for you. that there's yeah, What good is having better.
1: somebody that you're not compatible with? That you It's two-way street, right? It's, yeah. it's got to be a win-win for everybody. So if it's not a win-win, you don't belong in that relationship, even if you like the person, because it's not going to go anywhere. So yeah. how do you, let's talk about business for just a minute before we close out. Um, you obviously have done and do lots of stuff, right? You know all these things. You got all these skills. You've written books. You've done TV. You've done radio. You've done matchmaking. You're you're are a wonder. Um, what do you do now uh, to to make money? Where does your money come from?
0: I work um, right now. I've been getting. I've been using LinkedIn and f- social media to put out messages about having an open heart, and if you don't, call me for a consultation. So I give free consultations to people, and most of these people, if they really are serious about wanting to take steps forward, I give them a step-by-step plan, looking at every way that they're marketing themselves, look at their Bumble or their Match.com profile. or Then I look across at everything that they're doing to see how they're branding and marketing themselves in the dating world. Or they might not even know how to do it. A lot of people do not know what to do. They don't know the best sites. So I get, um, I give them a 90 minute, I give them a, you know, usually a 30 minute free thing. And then if people want to work with me to see if I'm the right person, I invite them to read the book. And then they can do the work themselves or they can use me. So I have you know a lot of clients i okay, have a lot so you're, of clients you're a
1: designer of uh yeah. a designer of a life full of love right yeah you know?
0: i i take them through the steps like i always say let me see what you're wearing on dates and you know people show me their clothes you know now i'm doing virtual i take people for okay. photo shoots like i coach. reinvent okay. their their whole i design a program for them that's specific to their needs. And I also, if I'm working with them one-on-one, I know a lot of single people and I make them fill out a big profile, but they have to read the book so that they know what their vision is. And I have all these questions like a matchmaker, and I know all the matchmakers. So if somebody's willing to go that distance, I can I can be a broker basically and call. I know a lot of people, and I might say, Oh my God, I know somebody. They sometimes come to my, I have love support classes. I have flirting classes. <laughs> I have networking things. So I do those once a month and then people meet me. And if they like me, they can call me. And I uh, like to So that's to all marketing,
1: everybody. right? All that yeah. stuff sounds like marketing. It's
0: all marketing. So
1: you you actually, but for a living, you help these people design their life so that they, they're ready and accepting of, of love, right? So you're a matchmaker, but it's a lot more than that. So I'm sure it depends on the person and a lot of different parameters, but give me some kind of a range, some kind of an idea of what you charge.
0: Well, when they call me for the 90 minute thing, it's $249 for 90 minutes.
1: That's a bargain. And then they
0: send me all of their intel before they call me. I have a plan for them. I'm like, okay, I think you should do this, 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 and this. And I was on, um, I go on a lot of um, calls where they have already students. And then I teach them some tricks So I would say this last group, I have 15 of the women called me and 10 of them are dating now, you know, some of them were negative and they were like, I don't know if I want to do this. And so it's, it's about you really being open and and putting yourself out on a bunch of different places and speaking up and telling people you're looking. And it, it creates this momentum. Well,
1: I get and that. I'm just trying to get to the business yeah. side of your business. you know? Yeah. So, so I have, a, I have your... a
0: one-time thing. And then if people okay. need help with a heartbreak or a broken heart, or they just got divorced and they're totally confused, I take them through like everything. I do their pictures and get them a new wardrobe. I take them shopping. So it's been limiting for me because like, I work with a lot of bachelors. And they have the worst clothes for pictures. They're gone. I got great clothes. I said, send me pictures of your clothes. <laughs>
1: yeah, they got And I'm like, we shirt, need right? some
0: dating. You need an update on your dating wardrobe. So I always say to people, if you knew that the love of your life would be coming in the next 30 days, are you really ready? Like, are, would you have your dating clothes ready? Is your house ready? Are you really open? Is your heart open? Are you still sleeping with your ex? And you're trying to date, you know, people have all sorts of crazy things that they do. Or if you are in a relationship and you don't know how to get out of it, I help people get out of relationships. Yeah,
1: I bet you do. I know and- it's on your it's on your LinkedIn. You you, met, you match people and you help them break up. But it's funny is I compare it to you, a stockbroker, you know, somebody wants to buy stock, you pay on the way in and then you pay when they sell it for you. <laughs> Right. So you get both both ways, but I'm not letting you off the hook. Wait a minute. I'm not letting you off the hook yet. Let's suppose, suppose you got a successful executive gentleman, CEO, whatever. Somebody makes a really nice living. Doesn't know how to do this. Maybe they're they're great on stage. Maybe they're really good in front of the board, but when it comes to their personal life, they don't have a clue. So you can help them figure out what they want, what they need, how to look, all those different ingredients, right? Soup to nuts. You take care of them, take them by the hand give them counseling, coaching, it takes, I don't know, three months, six months, maybe. And then you set them loose, right? Or or you say, go on a date, do what you got to do, and then report back to me, just like a regular coach, right? So that's like a deluxe package. That's somebody who really wants a lot. So So what would that cost? What do you make for something like that?
0: 15 and $5,000, depending on what they need. Like I worked with a busy executive. He's a president of one of the biggest tool companies in the world. He was referred by a friend. He wanted to break up with somebody that he didn't want to hurt. So I helped him to slowly break up. And then he didn't have any profiles on anywhere because he was with her for five years, but he could not marry her and he knew it. And his clothes were outdated. He has more money. I mean, he has all this money, but, but he wasn't he never had anybody to be a confidant to him about his deeper needs, right? So, the busier an executive is, they're really private about their personal affairs. So, when people meet me, that's why I say, meet me for an hour and a half if you think I'm the right person, because I become their confidant. They call me on every date, they're getting ready to go. They go, What do you think? Do you like this? I redo their photos. Or I set them up with photographers if they're out of state, because I have photographers all over, get their hair redone. You know, I help them to get so much confidence. And then I actually become like someone that practices with them on speaking about who they are, because a lot of really successful men and women brag a lot. I got my boat. I got my kit. But that's not what women want to hear right away. They want to hear about your emotional state and what your passions are. So I have all these questions in my book, but I help handhold them. So I did this, with this particular guy, he was only working with me, I think two months and he met the love of his life after we redid his profile. He met a hundred, he had 150 matches on his match.com and bumble. He was overwhelmed, you know, but he was really clear about what he wanted. And now he's in a successful relationship. And that's just one of hundreds of people that I've worked with. Yeah. Um, and I work with some celebrities too. And it's very private. No one will ever know. Nobody knows who this guy is. Um, but he's on my website. You can go to my coaching page on renepiani.com And there's businessmen on there mm-hmm. that have bimbos in their life and they bring their dates to meet me. <laughs> they're like, Renee, will you analyze if you think this girl is good for me? I said, absolutely. <laughs> so I meet him for dinner. And I go, so, you know, how did you meet Bob? And they're like, oh, you know, he was just so successful, and I just—I met him on the boat, and I was with my girlfriend. Oh Bob. God,
1: get rid of that and, one. You know,
0: it's just like, oh God, Bob, you can't marry her. She's just after you for your money. You know, I watch the body language between them to see if they're really a fit. And because I know these people so well, I also have a whole bunch of people that I know that I can fix them up with. But I don't do that for nothing. I mean, it's. I wouldn't expect you charged- to. I you know I think how much they charge. Matchmakers it. charge twenty thousand dollars for ten dates. That's two grand a date. Oh,
1: wow. so you're cheap.
0: I'm cheap compared to that.
1: Yeah, i better.
0: They, most of the people that go to matchmakers, a lot of match. I am really not a matchmaker like a typical yeah, matchmaker. That. You're a love counselor. I am a love designer. You have to be ready for. If you go to a matchmaker, I used to be the person that got them ready to go out on the dates because they'd yeah. come into the office and they're like, "My husband just left." And I need to meet a man now. And I'm like, well, <laughs> has he moved out yet? Like, you know, uh, and then they go, well, I know I need to lose a little weight. And then they're saying, but I want new pictures and I want to look sexy. They need shopping. They need new pictures. But they need their, their mindset on how a man is good. If she's still talking about the ex or she's still hurt. So people rush. Uh, executives want they're like this. I want this now, you know, and I said, this is the biggest decision you're going to make in your life. You just got out of a shitstorm marriage with a bimbo that you married when you were in a rush because she kept saying, you better marry me. And now they got a divorce that they're paying for and they want to rush back in again. This is a big decision. Love, love affects, love affects business. Business affects love. So you have to have that balance and you're in business and you have love. I'm in business and I have love and I wouldn't trade it for my single life. You know, if I had only known that I, you know, could have found this before, but most of the men were like, I just want you to stop work and have some kids. And I'm like, that's not me. You know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not doing that. I'm already past that. You know, I've, I've decided I wasn't going to do kids and there was a reason for that. But, um, and I said to my husband, when I met him, I knew myself so well. I said, listen, you could still get divorced and you could meet a 35 year old and have a bunch of kids. Do you want kids? Again, you want mm-hmm. another kid. And I said, because I don't want to date you for a year. And then you say, you know, I think I want to have three more kids. And my eggs were already old. You know, it's yeah, kind of
1: important to know that going in.
0: You have to know yourself. And most people that are busy, they think that their business life is who they are. But that's not the truth.
1: No, it's only a piece of them. So let me ask you one last thing, okay? It seems to me that, like we just said, people don't know themselves very well. They don't know what they're really looking for. They think they know, but they don't really know. I know with me, once I knew I was ready, once I knew exactly what I was looking for, there it was. didn't take long because the world is full of people that are compatible with you, the problem is you don't recognize it because you're not ready. You know, like that old expression, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, right? So it's the same thing in love, right? If you really know what you're looking for and you just make yourself uh, advertise who you really are, which has to do with your looks, your clothes, if it's a woman's makeup, It's a lot of it has to do with your own charisma based on how you feel about yourself, right? Um, once you got that down, then... The last part isn't really that difficult, is it?
0: Well, I think because people think it's going to magically happen without them having to put too much effort. So they pay somebody 10000 and then they put you on a date and they call and they go, this isn't what I wanted at all, you know. So just because you go to someone to match you, it doesn't mean that you're going to show up at that date to be what that other person wants. So you have to really look at how you come across. So when people come to me and they go, I think I'm a great catch. And I said, well, Steve, you're paying me to be honest with you, you dress like a grandpa, you know, and you want a 40 year old woman and you're 55, you need to hip it up a little bit. So this guy came to me and he was, he was pretty well dressed and he sent me all these pictures of his clothes on his bed. And when he got there, I said, we're going to a photo shoot that you're going to pay $400 for, and you're going to get some hot pictures, but I want to buy you. You have great pants, great shoes, but your shirts are old and they don't look cool. They just will not attract a younger woman. So I took him out and I bought him three or four shirts and this really cool jacket. And I made him take, I have pictures of him on my site. Um, he's, he did a, uh, he's on my YouTube. You'll see mm-hmm. a test. did a makeover a for him, yeah. And he put, he put this jacket on. I said, just put the jacket on while we're walking down main street in Santa Monica. And we were, t- I was taking pictures mm-hmm. of him. And these women are like, I love that jacket. Oh, my God, you look so handsome. <laughs> and he goes, did you pay these people to say this? And then this one guy walks by and he goes, hey, dude, love the yeah, jacket. You it know? doesn't
1: take much. It really and, doesn't. And I'm telling
0: you, he only needed like five shirts and yeah, a couple a things. Lot. Women, they have all these accessories and glasses. And whatever, but he had cool glasses and he has a nice car. He's He's got a plane. He's got a house in, on the ocean. Yeah, but you he's don't a, see any of that when he's walking down the street. But he doesn't look like what he has, you know. So I made him look. And he met a girl literally after we, we coached for a couple months. It took him a while to mm-hmm. let go of the girlfriend. And she was sad. But he did it in a loving way. And then he started to look online. And then he would call and say, what do you think of this girl? What do you think of this girl? And he had written his vision and we wrote everything out and I redid his profile. And within one day after changing his profile, he had like 150 women. And he called me, he goes, I don't know how I'm going to pick. He goes, would you look? And I said, yeah. So I've done that with hundreds and hundreds of people. And men, um, I have to say, men are really sweet and innocent when it comes to love, sometimes women and give them a chance, you know, don't beat them up. (laughs) don't expect them to fall in love with you overnight they're looking for the signals from you the green light signals of appreciation of you know that you're going to be somebody that is really going to understand how they're wired with you know with their work schedule and i did that with my husband because women when they met my husband they tried to lock them down like they're like okay we've gone out twice so are we committed (laughs) <laughs> instead of instead of leading them into love with your femininity and saying, "Well, I don't, you know, I don't know if you're dating other people, but I'm still dating." That's my husband was dating three women and I was mm. dating a couple people and he said, "I'm dating three women." And I said, "Well, you should keep dating them because I'm not interested in dating you when you're dating three women." I didn't say, "Well, you need to be committed yeah, to right. me." Cuz he didn't know me. I said, "You don't know me and I don't know you, so go do what you need to do and we'll see." you know? And then I just, and I said, but you're never going to find anybody that's going to be more fun than me. And I was real sweet to him. And he got rid of all the other women. And then I gave him, you know, I gave him a certain amount of time to date him to see if he was really available because he was in the middle of a bad divorce. It was at the end, but I didn't know if I wanted to deal with it. So ladies out yeah, there Yeah, rebound are men. relationships
1: aren't always good.
0: Well, it wasn't a rebound. He had been out of it for, you know, a long time, oh, okay. but he was all dating right. and He promised that he would never, ever get married again. So when you have somebody that says, I'm never, ever going to get married again, listen, you know, so I gave, I said, we already told me you never, ever want to get married again. So maybe we shouldn't date. So I took myself away rather than pushing myself on him or trying to prove that I was going to be the one I let him decide by being his friend instead of pushing him into anything. And then we fell in love. And it was, uh, it was over, a good
1: plan, yeah. And people always want what they can't, what they think they can't have. So you made That's yourself right. that much more attractive. It's like the old game: play a little hard to get, not a lot, just a little bit, right? And so you did that uh, to perfection,
0: <laughs> I would say. Well, you know, people treat love like a business. Like they want to lock, like men are like, I just want well, to lock this girl down, and I'm like,
1: nah, it doesn't yeah, work that way.
0: She's a woman. She doesn't want to be locked down. Like you don't even know her. You don't know her mom. Go meet her family. You're marrying a
1: family. Yeah. yeah. I made sure that I met my wife's mother before I asked her to marry me. I wanted to see what what she's going to look like in 20 years. What's she going to act like? Where did she come from? And I made sure to meet her mother and her father, but the mother was really the person I needed to meet. Yeah. It's uh, important because you do marry the family. Uh, My first wife, that was part of the problem. Here i married, this Mexican Catholic girl from El Paso, Texas. And my, my parents are Brooklyn, New York, Jewish. I, I grew up in a Seinfeld episode, basically, right? And so <laughs> <laughs> and even my sister says I'm like Larry David. Well, those two cultures really clashed. I mean, her father was a colonel in the army. He was, used to go to the officers club. He was a principal of a high school, and he was a tough mother. And my parents were this liberal New York, democrat jewish you know t- yeah. totally different and that was part of the problem
0: yeah. because
1: it, it evaded it invaded everything even though everybody liked each other there was not a lot of acceptance and it just made everything more difficult i mean i, I loved my wife the day we got divorced we loved each other but just we just uh, this isn't going to work you know that's just it's a family
0: it's like you're marrying a lineage of a family Yeah, you're and if all you don't it. know what how the person's wired you could get yourself in quite a bit of trouble. You know? So Just... that's why the book itself, the stories that I hear about how people were raised and they saw their dad cheat or the drink or beat their mom up or father was whatever, mother or father was doing things. It makes them not believe in love to a certain degree. So these things have to be addressed so that you have an openness, so that you know yourself so well that you're magnetizing somebody that's equal to who you are today. Yeah.
1: So-, so... I would tell people, fire your therapist and your psychoanalyst and just just hire Renee. She'll fix you. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: She'll get right you. to the a heart of, of the problem uh, and you'll be fine. <laughs> you know, because therapists are really wonderful and I, I work with a lot of them and they'll call me like I just had a really famous therapist call me and she said, I have a guy for you. I do not know how to guide him in the dating game. Mm -hmm. So they, they, they will say, I do the, you know, some of the underbelly stuff, but you got to take them to the next level, you know? So it's about building rapport with people and having them trust me with their heart. And I think if you're going to trust anybody, whether it's me or another coach, look to see if they have the life that you want, anybody that you work with, you know, You should look to see, are they a good role model for you? And I believe that as a workaholic, and it even says on the back of my book, are you a busy, successful wonder woman or Superman who is ready to find love? You're about to embark on a journey that will transform your life forever because you are responsible for yourself just like you built your business. If you took that little bit of focus on your love life, you can have both. And then your life will be magnificent and sacred and that is my goal for anyone that's listening that's a really
1: nice note to end our conversation on we've been on for quite a while and if somebody's listening to this at work you got to get back to work right and you can't be on listening to my podcast all day long even though renee's fascinating to talk to and to listen to so thank you i really do appreciate your time and all your wisdom and you know you speak from the heart so tell, tell tell my listeners, you know, how do they find you? I know you find your book. It's on Amazon, right? Uh, yeah. And other places maybe, but how do they get in touch with you? How do they go about doing business with you, finding you, whatever? Um,
0: well, they can go to renepiani.com. And if you want, if you have a little thing underneath your show, I'll send you my contact information, but my book, Get Real About Love, The Secrets to Opening Your Heart and Finding True Love is on Amazon, for men, they can get the Love Mechanics book there. Um, you can go to Renee Piani. It's R-E-N-E-E, P like Peter, dot com, or just look up the Love Designer. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm everywhere. And I'm here to really advise you that you are the one in control of your destiny and to take care of your own heart. Is the most important thing to do as the new year begins. And if you have the time over the holidays to really reflect on what I believe is the most important decision of your life, choosing your sacred partnership, you know, in life, I think is the most important thing. So you can find me there. And if you want a free consultation, I am offering them. And you can just go to renepiani.com forward slash contact and it'll send me a little note. And we can set up a Zoom call just like this. So I can see you and I can talk to you and give you some free advice. And it's my passion to do it. And that way you'll see if maybe I'm the right person for you. And you can just do a little evaluation thing just to tune up what you already have. And it's only a couple hundred dollars. And then if you like me, you can work with me after that.
1: Best money I'll ever spend. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks.
0: Thanks for joining us today on the Amazing Women podcast. Subscribe now and get the latest episodes sent to your device every week. Go to our website, theamazingwomenpodcast.com to hear bonus episodes, download free business tools, and join our family of amazing women.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c sweetradio.com.